Well, welcome to the Truckers Podcast. Current events, local, world news, and what's trending. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. So come on out here and join me. Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. How is everybody doing this Wednesday, December the 23rd? So let's get those thank yous out there, ladies and gentlemen, to all of our central workers, our frontline workers, our doctors and our nurses, our paramedics and our police and our fire departments. I thank you for the job that you do day in and day out. And thank you to my guests and my listeners and my followers. I thank you for taking the time out of your day to join me here on the Truckers Podcast. Well, I hope everybody out there has had uh, a good week so far. I hope everybody's settled in now. Uh, Christmas Christmas Eve, tomorrow, December the 24th. And then the big day, Christmas Day. I hope that everybody out there is going to be following those guidelines set out by um, your... your uh, your province, your cities, you know. Um, if, uh, you know, anybody, you know, hasn't really heard. Um, here in Ontario, Canada, the southern part of Ontario where I live, will be going into a 28-day lockdown starting on the 26th of December. And the northern part of Ontario will be starting on the 26th for 14 days. And eastern part of, Can- of Ontario will be shut down for 14 days, starting on the 26th of December. That means only essential services um, will be able to open up. So here we go again. So. There's this little topic I wanted to talk about. Um, you know, really haven't been talking about what's, um, you know, going on in in the trucking industry. But um, this topic I just found here today, 
out of the page here. Here we go. So, the Ambassador Bridge that links the United States and Canada out of Windsor, Ontario into uh, Detroit, Michigan. Now, this bridge has been around for 91 years. The bridge is privately owned by Manuel Maddy, and he has several other companies as well. But it's been family owned for many, many, many generations. Now, what's not allowed on this bridge is trucks carrying hazmat. And it never was. So the officials on both sides of the border are, express, are expressing alarm and shock that a provision allowing certain hazardous materials on the Ambassador Bridge has been snuck into a COVID-19 relief bill recently passed in the Michigan State Senate. Having flammable, combustible, or corrosive materials on a 91-year-old bridge that doesn't have containment, leaves us incredibly vulnerable for spills and explosions and burning situations. And this is coming from, an, uh, from the, uh, the, the minister um, out of Windsor. Said Wednesday after writing to Federal Transport Minister Mark Garneau to express his, his concern. Now this bridge is this bridge is really old, and it is not set up to have hazmat trucks on it, and it never was. The issue is simply that important. Adding that copies were sent to several other ministers as well as Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, hazmat trucks have not been allowed on the bridge for many years because the bridge doesn't have the safety features found on more modern bridges like fire suppression and spill containment systems. If something were to happen, it directly exposes the immediate communities, including the University of Windsor, which is just uh, um, adjacent to the bridge. Runs right beside it. In addition to the public safety and environmental concerns associated with chemicals, spilling into the river a hazmat uh, calamity on the bridge could cause an economic disaster he said shutting down north america's busiest border crossing for a prolonged period of weeks or even months it's the busiest crossing in north america the ambassador bridge that links windsor ontario and detroit michigan
It could also cripple the local auto industry and the transport of essential goods during the pandemic. This shouldn't even be even even be happening. Currently, hazmat trucks used at the Detroit Windsor Truck Ferry or across the Blue Water Bridge in Sarnia. In four years, when the new Gordie Howe International Bridge opens, it will be equipped and designed to handle hazmat trucks. The Ambassador Bridge has been trying for years to get some relief from the Michigan ban and renewed its efforts starting in May, just two months ago. Windsor City Council in, unanimously opposed the bridge bid as it did the Windsor Fire and Rescue Service joining a long list of opponents in Michigan. The move to include the provision in the COVID-19 bill in Michigan shows the immense tentacles of the Ambassador Bridge and lobbying politics. There's no doubt. Suggesting that if Michigan allows this, the government of Canada must step up with its own hazmat regulations for the bridge. See, you know, the problem with this bridge is not only because it's out of date and it doesn't have all these um, barriers put in place. The owner of the Ambassador Bridge stands to lose a lot of money. Now, we could just simply say to, to um, you know, the state of Michigan, saying, you know, and, and, and the trucking industry could just turn around and say, no, we're not sending our hazmat trucks over the Ambassador Bridge. They'll always cross into Port Huron out of Sarnia, or they'll go across the new Gordy Howe Bridge when that's built. We'll just continue to send them over down the 402 and into Port Huron, as we always have. This is an incredible public safety issue, but also an economic issue that shouldn't be underestimated in terms of its impact. For this provision to be passed like this undermines not only the safety of the border, but also to some degree, the relationships between our two countries handling hazardous and dangerous materials going back and forth. This issue only comes to light in recent days when Michigan State Senator Stephanie Chang, Democrat Detroit, who, re who respects neighborhoods around the Ambassador Bridge, discovered the Ambassador Bridge provision in the bill and voted against it on Friday, despite the bill's overall good intent. A lot of really good things for COVID, but they snuck this in, she said Wednesday. We got hazard pay. We got money for our departments to get the vaccine out. We got payments to restaurant workers to help them through this pandemic, she said. These are all the things in there and all of a sudden hazardous materials on the bridge it has nothing to do with the rest of the bill. So why are they even trying to even sneak this in, in on the bill? That's just absolutely ridiculous. Chang says she doesn't know who specifically added the Ambassador Bridge provisions to the bill, but leaves it with someone in the Michigan Senate's Republican leadership. 
this is something that the uh, Maroons, owner of the Ambassador Bridge, I call them morons because they are morons of the Ambassador Bridge, who have been pushing for eight years, probably more than that. So the morons have been pushing the governor on the issue. Probably putting money in, in, into the governor's pocket too because this, this guy, Matty, he's filthy rich. And you, you, own a, you own an international bridge? It's absolutely crazy. In a in a commentary to the to the Detroit Free Press, Shanks and the Ambassador Bridge provision ignores fact that the concerns in the community and relies on the 2012 draft study that was rejected the last time the state ultimately decided against allowing hazmat trucks on the Acquainted Bridge in 2014. Allowing these types of hazardous materials to be transported across the Ambassador Bridge, a bridge that is 91 years old, not up to the same level of inspections, traffic safety features, spill containment, or fire suppression systems needed to protect any resident's safety. It's downright dangerous. I don't know of anybody, you know, how many people have been across that Ambassador Bridge you know, either going out of Windsor into Detroit or Detroit coming into Windsor. But you've got a whole residential area all down there. Of course, the, the, the Detroit River. And of course, you got the University of Windsor adjacent, adjacent to the bridge. You know, this is just absolutely ridiculous. Even reading this, this is just appalling. And someone would try to put this in a bill. In a COVID in a COVID relief bill, our state has a responsibility to protect its residents from harm. It is shameful that leg, leg, uh, legislative Republicans included the the uh, boilerplate language that has absolutely nothing to do with COVID relief. This bill must be signed by Democrat Governor Gretchen Whitmer. An email to her office Wednesday was not returned, Chang explained that Whitmore doesn't want to veto a covert relief bill, so her legal people are trying to find a way to nullify the hazardous material provision. So you need to get that provision out of there. Attempts to, uh, attempts to reach the representatives of the Ambassador Bridge and Transport Canada were were not successful on Wednesday, well, because everybody probably went on holidays already. For an illustration of the dangers of allowing hazardous materials on the bridge, truck ferry owner Greg Ward pointed out November 11th hazmat truck collision and fire that shut down the, the Brent Spruce Bridge between Kentucky and Ohio for 41 days. Such a shutdown on the Ambassador Bridge would mean a virtual shutdown of cross-border truck traffic. That'd just be economically horrific for both sides of the border. The economic consequences and the resulting impact on people's lives is potentially catastrophic. And accidents happen all the, all the time. I don't know, ladies and gentlemen, you know, People, when they're, when they're writing bills, they sneak shit in and hopefully nobody sees it. 
you know, uh, no, this should not be going through, especially on the uh, on the on the ambassador bridge. It cannot handle um, hazmat vehicles whatsoever. So what's new and exciting out here besides, you know, this bureaucrat bullshit going on, you know, with the bridge owner and, and the governments and that, and wonder how much mad he's stuck in the, uh, in the uh, uh, Republicans pocket in order for him to sneak, try to sneak that into the bill. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So as this lockdown is looming here in Ontario, um, you know, restaurants and, you know, all the non-essential stores will, will have to close. All outdoor, all outdoor public skating rinks will close except for one. One you have to make an appointment for and you have to pay. And that's in our historic storybook gardens here in the city of London. Which doesn't make sense. All ski hills in Ontario will have to close. You know, and they just opened up because it got cold enough that they could make snow, they could get some runs going put the uh, protocols in place for for um, for safety for everybody. You know, so really a couple out outdoor activities that's really unnecessary. It, it doesn't have to close. And I hope these these people that that runs these ski resorts and everything, you know, really start getting after the government. You know, because we can't just be sitting around twiddling our thumbs. If we can do outdoor activities and keep them safe, then it shouldn't be a problem. Welcome to the Truckers Podcast. Thank you for joining me this Wednesday evening. So it's just out here. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, uh, the uh, Ambassador Bridge here in Canada that uh, stretches across the uh, Windsor into uh, Detroit. It's the oldest international bridge crossing. It has been a, uh, a family owned bridge for generations. It's the busiest crossing in North America. And uh, somehow, some way, um, well, Michigan was doing up a COVID relief bill Somebody's trying to sneak in a provision to allow hazmat trucks to cross, to use that crossing, which has for, for decades, they have not been able to because it's not set up properly for hazmat trucks. The hazmat trucks use the Sarnia Port Huron crossing. So just the impact that it would have on the community of Windsor and Detroit if there was an incident 
on that bridge with a hazmat truck, it would be catastrophic. Because the, the, the bridge is 91 years old. It doesn't have all the safety features as the, you know, the new bridges built today, you know, to handle those kinds of trucks. So I guess they're going to have to figure that out. You know, because uh, Whitmer, uh, the governor of Michigan, now has to, you know, find a way to remove that provision out of the bill. Now, trucking companies that carry hazmat, they can just simply still not use the Ambassador Bridge for, for hazmat. Trucks will always use Port Huron. Um, the new bridge that is being built, um, it will be equipped and, and uh, be able to handle um, hazmat. You know, because this owner of this Ambassador Bridge, like he is really pissed off because this new Gordy Howe Bridge is is uh going up so it'll be from between ontario and the united states and canada is building it michigan never put one cent into it which would created hundreds of jobs on michigan side to build this bridge but the elected not to get involved in building the bridge to put more and more people to work so canada is building the bridge so this owner is really ticked off because just think how much money he's he's going to lose the busiest international crossing between canada and the united states is owned by a family He stands to lose a lot of money. That bridge is horrible. 91 year old bridge, it's horrible. It's always under construction. You know, he should actually be, be made to tear it down and rebuild it is what he should be made to do. Because it's just really that bridge is just not up to standard. And it's not up to standards to, to hold hazmat trucks. It would be absolutely just catastrophic if there had been a hazmat spill on that bridge. How long it would shut that bridge down. So, yeah, it's just absolutely, uh, just absolutely ridiculous. So let's talk about what's going on here, here in Ontario, Canada, um, starting on Saturday, December the 26th. Here, all across Ontario, we'll be going into lockdown. Southern Ontario, where I reside, will be starting on the 26th of December, 
will go into lockdown for 28 days. Northern Ontario will be a 14-day lockdown. Eastern Ontario will be a 14-day lockdown. The reason that is is because less cases. And of course, all non-essential services will have to close. You know, the ski, the ski resorts here in Ontario, you know, they just start to open up. You know, it's gotten cold enough, they can make snow. They got some runs going and they put all their protocol, uh, protocols in place for safety due to COVID and they have to close. We have a couple outdoor skating rinks here in the city that they, they do every year and they've done it for generations, even when I was a kid. You know, I went to the outdoor skating rinks to skate Except for one outdoor skating rink, they're going to keep open in our historic storybook gardens here in London, which you have to make an appointment now and you have to pay to use it. They're going to keep that one open. So only one skating rink outdoors, which you have to pay for, which is ridiculous, and no ski hills. You know, even though people that own these these resorts, they they put all this time and effort in to get everything set up and, and follow all the protocols, have to close. You know, and, and it's winter time, and you know, winter you know is, is gloomy, it's depressing. You know, and this is really with this COVID going on. You know, this Christmas is really depressing. You know, so outdoors, I mean, there's so much room outside. There's plenty of room outside that you can social distance easily. Now, before they decide to shut down these other you know, the couple of these outdoor skating rinks, they had it, the city of London that I live in, they had it set up that they, they would allow 25 people on the ice for 45 minutes skate. And then when that's done, more than they would get off and people would more, another, you know, 25 people come on to their 45 minutes skate. So I can't understand why they wouldn't just keep that going. It's a, it's a big enough outdoor rink that social distancing wouldn't be a problem. You know, so what are we, what are we supposed to do in this lockdown? Are we just gonna be just adjourned to our homes? You know, sure they, they put, you know, you can do, you can do the walking paths through the parks if you like. You know, right now we have no snow. You know, and generally, you know, this time of year, you know, we have snow. You know, so people could go tobogganing at least. You know, maybe January, 
you know, we'll get some snow. You know, but during, because we're, you know, 28 day lockdown from the 26th, you know, to the 25th of January. You know, if we get snow in January, are, are they going to ban tobogganing? You know, I guess we'll have, just have to wait and see what happens there. You know, I'm not, I'm not against this lockdown, but like, holy shit. I mean, we got to be able to do something. And if this, if the people that run these ski hills, if they've got protocols in place and protection in place, I can't see an issue for people just to, to be able to just go and ski for an hour. You know, it's tough enough. It's tough enough on small businesses that are not essential. You know, and they and they allow the big box stores to open up at at twenty five percent capacity. No, they shouldn't be able to open neither. They should all have curbside pickup. Order online, curbside pickup. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Every time, you know, I don't know how these big big box stores get these flipping breaks all the time. You know, they sell hardware in these big box stores. The small hardware store guys got to close. I don't know where we draw the line anymore when it comes to this shit. I really don't. You know, restaurants, you know, you, you can order online and, and have it delivered or curbside pickup. Fine. You know, so then the big box store should be doing that too. Not 25% capacity. Nobody in the store, order a line, curbside pick. You know, it's absolutely, you know, if you're gonna, if you're gonna do a lockdown, I mean, do it right. Make it fair for everybody. So we're going to have to endure this after Christmas on December the 26th. That's when it starts. You know, and our premier of Ontario, you know, he, he, you know, he takes a lot of hits over this. You know, you know, people, you know, saying, well, why, why are you waiting till the 26th to do this? But he just announced, he just announced this on Monday, two days ago. You know. He's given every business out there an opportunity to get prepared for the lockdown starting December the 26th. Oh, why didn't we do this a week ago? Why didn't we do this two weeks ago? Our numbers were going up. You know, at least these small businesses right now, I mean, they get the opportunity, you know, to make some money before Saturday. Because most stores are going to be closed tomorrow anyways. You know, they close at 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Send their employees home for Christmas Eve and Christmas. Is it going to be, it, it, is, it isn't going to be the, tra uh, the uh, traditional sales after Christmas.
but at least we you know we need to we need to be able to do things outside you know get that fresh air that just being cooped up in your house you know a little bit of exercise you know these 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 skating rinks these outdoor skating rinks are city ran And they closed the two outdoor ones that are free. And they had protocols in place. And they only allow the one to open they have to pay for it and make it an appointment to use, which is absolutely ridiculous. So, I mean, I know, you know, this Christmas for everybody, you know, here across Canada, you know, is going to be different, you know, than any other Christmas that, that we've had, uh, experienced in our lives. It's the first, it's going to be my first Christmas, my very first Christmas. That our, our, our parents won't be able to, to join us. They live in a retirement home. And they don't want the residents to be leaving the retirement home. So we canceled Christmas. There'll be no smell of turkey cooking in the house. Christmas morning, my grandchildren are going to FaceTime me. And I'll watch them open their presents. I actually uh, went over before I started the show. I went over to my daughters and her husband there and the grandkids. And um, I gave their mom their gifts so she can put them under the tree Christmas morning. Because generally, generally I would go over there Christmas morning. And I'd have breakfast with my grandkids. And then we'd open the presents. But not this year. No matter how hard it is, you know, there's something that, you know, we all need to do. We all need to keep Christmas just to the immediate household. Because somehow, some way, you know, no rhyme or reason that this COVID-19 is spreading. Our numbers are jumping like crazy. United Kingdom, talking about this new strain that it's, that it's 70% more transmissible of this new strain of COVID. Dr. Fauci in the United States is saying, you know, it's potentially that strain potentially is already here in North America between Canada and the United States. 
You know, school has only been out since last Friday. And of course, you know, it takes, you know, whatever, 14 days or whatever it is for, for you to get to, to start showing symptoms of COVID. So, however, their two-week two period is working or like that. Um, so since school's only been out since last Friday, um, we have more transmission. I think it was another five schools here in the city of London that they, you know, were able to um, trace back to those schools. So virtually every single school in the city of London where I live, they have they have infection. And they want the schools to go back on January the 11th instead of the 4th. They want high schools to go back on January the 25th. But we'll see how this goes with this initial lockdown. You know, to the weeks ahead and see where our numbers are at. And they'll decide whether the schools are the you know the public schools are going back on January the eleventh or not, or the high schools will they be going back on the twenty fifth of January? That's just something that we're going to have to wait to see. So I mean, uh, the city of Toronto. Um, I think it was, uh, what's today, the 23rd. So the 21st was the end of their 28-day um, lockdown, City of Toronto, but that's been extended for 28 days. And the Peel region that surrounds the City of Toronto, same thing. Theirs have been extended for another 28 days. And now it's the entire province starting on the 26th. But two different time periods of the lockdowns, one for two weeks and one for, for four weeks. Just based on just you know, just based on the numbers of positive tests. And Ottawa uh, in eastern part of Ontario. They're right next to the province of Quebec. Quebec's in a lockdown already. And the mayor of Ottawa was complaining and why, you know, why should we have to do a lockdown? You know, we have really low numbers. Well, because Quebec is in a lockdown and if Ottawa wasn't in a lockdown, the Quebecers would just flock across the provincial line. And Ottawa, you know, because they don't, they don't, you know, um, I guess, you know, they don't know enough to stay home, Quebecers. You know, they just don't. 
I mean, they found a way. They found a way. Uh, some some Quebecers found a way to you know be able to go to Florida because you can't cross the land borders by vehicle. Only trucks can, and essential workers. So they get around this by hiring a transport company to transport their RV across to the United States, jump on a private plane across to the United States, jump in their flipping RV and go down to Florida for the winter. That's just absolutely appalling. Well, let's just go to a state where it's really high COVID rates, like Florida. There's a freaking plan now, isn't it? Unbelievable. See, they find see, and, and then and then the uh, the mayor of Ottawa is bitching and complaining because they have to lock down for fourteen days. You know, the Quebecers will flock Ontario, that eastern part of, of Ontario. Like it'd be like a flock of seagulls. And Quebec has the highest case count of COVID in the entire country. But they don't listen. That's why they're going to go for a lockdown for 14 days and it may be continued after that. Because if we keep seeing case counts going up during this four, the, this our lockdown, 28 lock, 28 day lockdown here in Southern Ontario, we're not gonna let the Eastern part of Ontario off the hook if we have to continue our lockdown. We'll just, they'll just add another 14 days to their lockdown. Even though these vaccines are rolling out across across uh, uh, across Canada, it doesn't mean that the restrictions are going to be lifted. The restrictions, you know, even after the lockdown, the restrictions are still going to be there. You're still going to be wearing a mask. You're still going to be social distancing. You're not going to be gar gathering large crowds. You know, just because you get the vaccine, it's not a free-for-all. That's what's going to take place. And they're already talked about that. So, Christmas is Christmas, you know. One big day. The one big day of the year. And we all need to follow the rules. One day. That's all Christmas is. One day. So we can spend more Christmases together. That we keep just immediate family in the household for this Christmas. That's what they're asking. That's all they are asking for us to do. So we don't need to invite Uncle Joe and Uncle Jim and Uncle Tom and Aunt Jenny and all your cousins, you know, Mo, Joe, and Curly. You know, we don't need all those people in the house. 
Because just in case one of them brings COVID along with them. Unknowingly. You know? Of course, you don't want to get grandma and grandpa sick. Or any of your relatives, for that matter. You don't want to get them in, any of them sick. It's one time, one day, one Christmas. You know, just follow the rule. So you can spend plenty more happier Christmases with your families. That should be that important to you. That's what it should be. So, this is, um, this is my last show until after Christmas. So, December the 26th, I'll be back out that Saturday, December the 26th, I'll be back out um, for my usual time at 9 a.m. for my morning show. Now there is something here that I wanted to read. It's coming up right here. And it is, I don't know if I, here we go right here. This Christmas poem has been recited by fathers and grandfathers alike for generations. And this poem is by Clement Clark Moore. And it is Twas the Night Before Christmas. Twas the night before Christmas when all through the house not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were all nestled all snug in their bed while visions of sugar plums danced in their head. And mama in her kerchief, in my and my cap, had just settled down for a long winter's nap. When out of the lawn there rose such a clatter, I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave a luster of midday to objects below. When out of the lawn there rose such a clatter, 
when what to my wondering eyes did appear but a miniature sleigh and a tiny reindeer with a little old driver so lively and quick i knew in a moment it must be seen more rapid than eagles his cursors they came and he whistled and shouted and called them by name now dasher now dancer now prancer in vixen on comet on cupid on donner in blitzen to the top of the porch to the top of the wall now dash away dash away dash away all as leaves that before the wild hurricanes fly when they meet with an obstacle mount to the sky so up to the housetop the coursers they flew with the sleigh full of toys in saint nicholas too and then in a twinkling i heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof as i drew my as drew in my head and was turning around down the chimney saint nicholas came with a bound he was dressed all in fur from head to his foot and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot a bundle of toys he had flung on his back and he looked like a peddler just opening his pack his eyes how they twinkled his dimples how merry his cheeks were like roses his nose like a cherry his droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow and his beard on his chin was white as the snow the stump of his pipe he held tight in his teeth and the smoke it encircled his head like a wreath he had a broad face and a little round belly that he shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly he was chubby and plump oh right jolly old elf and i laughed when i saw him in spite of myself a wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know i had nothing to dread he spoke not a word but went straight to his work and he filled all the stockings then turned with a jerk and laying his finger aside of his nose and giving a nod up the chimney he rose he sprang to his sleigh to his team gave a whistle and away they all flew like the down of a thistle but i heard him exclaim as he drove out of sight happy christmas and to all a good night merry christmas everybody you take care and be safe and I'll be back, I will be back on December the 26th. So let's get those thank yous out there. 
to all of our essential workers, our frontline workers, our doctors and our nurses, our paramedics and our police, and our fire department. I thank you for the job that you do day in and day out. And thank you to my listeners and my guests and my followers. I thank you for taking the time out of your day to join me here on the Truckers Podcast. This is the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Merry Christmas, everybody, and take care, and thank you.